Hey gang, this is Paul, and I'm waiting for Ben to start the meeting. So I thought I'd tell you that before this meeting starts, this is episode 365. We did it, gang. 365 episodes of the Goody Lawrence podcast. And that means that you could start listening to episode one, listen to an episode every day, and by the time you're done listening to the first 365 days of the Goody Lawrence podcast, a year will have passed. Wait, I mean, that's just how years work, but still it's important. And so I think that it's only fair that we now uh, have Ben get his microphone working. If his microphone isn't working, um, I can't hear Ben. I don't know if Ben can hear me. This sometimes happens to us. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at Ben and I'm going to go, um, is it you or is it me? Is it on your end? I think you just said I can't hear you. And I also don't think that Ben is necessarily recording. In which case, you know, that's another problem. So let me see. I'm looking right now. Um, I have my audio on, but does that mean that Ben can hear me? No, it doesn't. There are many different things that could happen. I'm going to click, I'm going to click join audio just in case that's what the problem is. In fact, I think it probably is. I think that is probably what the problem is. It was me the whole time. And now Ben is here. Ben, were you recording your audio on your side? Okay. So are you recording your audio now? Okay. So for those of you listening, uh, I'm talking to Ben, even if you can't hear him. And Ben, I just wanted to let you know that I let the listeners know that this is uh, episode 365. It is 365. Start over with episode one, listen to an episode a day, and then uh, it'll be a year before they're out of content. That sweet, sweet Goody Lawrence content that we all uh, know and love. And by we all, I mean you, me, Stephen, and now Drunk. Yeah, so uh, I am recording, I'm streaming, we're all set to go. For those of you who haven't listened to the podcast up until this point, Drunk is a person that Ben and I don't know. Uh, who started listening because I believe uh, he was looking for the least listened to podcasts that were uh, or it was live it streams. was yeah it was on YouTube and he searched for fewest viewers for current ah. live streams and surprise surprise we were up there at the top so so drunk is the username of this person that we are not uh, disparaging their character in any way shape or form. Um, Correct. But he is, coincidentally is, lives in your region. Yes, he does live in my region. We can uh, share something. Right now I live in the St. Louis area. Uh, ben and I, of course, met when I was living in his area. Haha. -ha. Uh, Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. That's right. And so I, I do think that it is interesting. We now have a sort of a Midwest perspective. Um, <coughs> we, will, we will, I believe, uh, Ben, that you will agree... That my opinions, while still while I'm still a very liberal person, uh, did did get sort of 
more conservative just by osmosis uh, after living here for for a while. I think it was uh, one of the things when I what I said that maybe Hitler was wrong about something. I don't remember how I phrased it, but I phrased <laughs> I it in a way that Stephen McCandless immediately clocked. It might not have been Hitler specifically. It might have just been fascism in general. I like I was honestly I was don't remember what I, what that was. Unironically, both sidesing some sort of right. very black and white issue. You do, uh, you do. I don't recall any of your opinions over there becoming more conservative just by osmosis, but I do know that you have become more accepting of other viewpoints because of, and this was pre-pandemic when you had coworkers in close proximity. Yeah, in fact, I was just about to say the 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 specific thing, and of course, I don't talk about my work. And I don't talk about specific people at my work, but there's a specific person at my work, um, at at my, um, I, you know, I, I'll say at my old job, um, the place where I worked, there was somebody that I that I uh, worked with, who is um, very much on the on the right, very much not only on the right, but but sometimes espousing things that one might expect from a QAnon truther type person, right? But he was, <laughs> I know this is going to sound completely, but he was polite, uh, a hard worker, um, open to other viewpoints when it came to work, um, and just willing to take time to explain things, <coughs> um, very even-handed with everyone that he dealt with, you know, all that kind of stuff. None of it, basically, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, it's the thing that you hope for just about any co-worker. Very, very nice, very accommodating, all that. Only when things went to politics did it become uh, uncomfortable, and even then... Or, like, gun uh, control, or abortion rights, or... Well, not 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 even any of that. Just like, um, uh, I'm afraid of Antifa. You know that sort of thing. Like, and 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 me with the opinion of, well, you shouldn't be afraid of Antifa because Antifa just means someone who's anti-fascist. They're not a right. they're not an organization. The idea that they are one, uh, but I think uh, we've talked about this before. I think that that if you start naming a group that doesn't exist and you keep on a, like uh, putting out that they exist, they will eventually form. Uh, the Bernie Bros are another example of, of something that I was like, I don't, I don't know if those guys exist. And then, lo and behold, they started to. And I think it's just that, um, you know, it's a really interesting idea. I'm not saying that you and I should do this, Ben. But I think that you and I could make up a fake type of person, popularize it, and then people would start identifying as that type of person. If we if we were to do it. Um, yep, he's a real hat and suspenders man. And if we just keep on saying hat and suspenders man as though it means something, eventually you, we'll find a guy who wears a hat and suspenders and espouses the belief that we attribute to the Haddon Suspenders man. 
That sounds exactly like something a hat suspenders man would try to do. Ah, oh, no! Is it me? Hold on, wait one <laughs> second. All right. Oh, boy, oh, I boy! Don't. I just, I still have it over here, obviously. I don't know, I, I don't God, know. God, I, I love this hat, Ben. I love this. For those of you I'm who are on you the like podcast, it. you can't see. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying you don't like this hat? It is one of the best ones. I'm saying I, if I, I have would, my suspenders I would not on, wear that in public. You wouldn't. Well, of course not. It's my hat, Ben, and I thank you very much for <laughs> respecting the autonomy of my hat. I don't know if I ever met anybody who identified it as a Bernie Bro. Um, like I don't know if I like was if there was a convention of Bernie Bros, but no. I I think what happens is other people use it first. Right, and then eventually someone will go. Okay, I admit it. I well, no. See, that's what I mean. I I I never met anybody who's like, okay, I'll admit it. I'm a you know, uh, because you know, the same the same with like neck beards. You know, people can often get this uh, tribute a certain type of person as a neck beard. But I and I would at this point I would assume that neck beards was sort of like. All right, I'm it's, a neckbeard. It's, it's what I look like. Yeah, I just don't um, see that happening, though. I don't. I don't see that happening. Here's another one: reply guy, right? There is a specific reply guy thing. People say, "Oh, this is a reply guy." Uh, you do not see people embracing that moniker that much. And I will. I will admit the the one person who I saw who said, "Yeah, I guess I'm a Bernie bro," was a a woman who was. Uh, like sort of trying to buck the system as it were like yeah. like she was saying okay i guess i fit into this this demographic that you've created a bernie bra so, oh wait a second hold on In the to, to to today we've got bernie bros but in the 60s it was all about bernie bras <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, it's, it almost works. You could you could work it somehow. There's a comedy show happening in L.A. that I saw on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, um, there is. Oh, I'm sorry. And There's... it's all it's all primarily dudes, um, and all the proceeds go to. I don't remember exactly what organization gets the proceeds. Some sort of um, pro-choice organization. Oh, that's but the, good. The name of the show is uh, Bro v. Wade. Oh, geez, that's I, awesome. I thought was very clever. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I'm very glad that you said some pro-choice thing, because for a second, I was worried, uh, you know, you hear men and comedy, and it oh, never yeah, usually know. ends up well. Um, oh, yeah, we, we were pulling together funds to help Louis C.K. out, because he's had a really hard time of it lately. <laughs> Speaking of pulling together, no. Now here's the thing. Uh, I'm still I'm still on his mailing list. And, oh yeah. Uh, what I learned from that is he is playing Madison Square Garden. I know. It's, he's actually an example of how can- cancel culture isn't a thing. Yeah. Well, the one thing the one thing I will say about cancel culture is it like okay here's here's an, something my 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 wife Jennifer Pratt uh, also known as Jennifer Fact Checker on this uh, platform uh, that we call the Goody Lawrence Podcast. Uh, if you listen to older episodes, she participates in it. We to- we were talking about Dennis Miller, and what we had determined, you know, because there's this thing that in comedy you. Uh, 
like people people will start um, catering to the right when they stop being funny or whatever. And what we kind of came up with was that Dennis Miller really didn't change that much. The world just kind of changed around him. And therefore he got this new audience because they were the ones that kind of like, still liked the thing that he was doing. Like if you look at the daily show, right? They were, there was this one thing where they were talking about uh, Dennis Kucinich, right? Yeah. And Dennis Kucinich uh, said, this is back when it was John Stewart said that um that he would he would absolutely um invite a trans person in a leadership position in his campaign and the daily show made fun of him for making that statement uh you know things have changed they would not do that now so if john stewart wanted to still tell that joke that type of joke and, and thought that it was funny and all that he would find it. There would be people who would find it funny, but he would have switched his audience. That's the thing about, well, that's the thing about comedy, right? The world has changed. Time has changed. Comedy has changed with it. If you're a good comedian now, older comedians, like I guess Dennis Miller, I didn't really know his comedy outside of the, you know, weekend update, but people like, Roseanne Barr are kind of leaning heavily into that. I think Bill Maher even is kind of floating more more to the right. Um, yeah. And they strike me as comedians who just refuse to adapt. Right. Um, we, also, we also talked about Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but Alex Jones in the 1980s was... Uh, someone that people on the left like they didn't necessarily always like him but they gave him more of a benefit of the doubt because at the time George H.W. Bush was the president and he was talking about how George H.W. Bush was ushering in the new world order and was a lizard person and all that and everyone thought that it was hilarious because he was he was our enemy, and so we were like, "Haha, what a great what a great job uh, this guy is doing." Have you listened to him? He's crazy, and again, doesn't matter. He's stayed, our crazy. <laughs> stayed on the same bullshit, uh, but the world changed, and he sort of stayed the same. So now you know he's. Um, well, I I will say that I mean he broke. Even even he broke off with Donald Trump for a while because he can't he can't maintain one of two things either the delusion or the grift is it possibly both I don't know but you can't you can't cozy up to power and say that the world is a prison planet run by yeah. reptilians you know for too long basically so soon you find yourself becoming one of the reptilians it uh, um may, maybe. I haven't, I haven't really, uh, but my hair is shorter. I've noticed. Here's the thing. Uh, and, and I want to talk about this for just a second. Um, my long hair, my long, uh, Afro sort of thing was a trademark of mine. And so the fact that I'm, I'm cutting my hair short now, uh, doesn't give me like a huge identity crisis, but it does a little bit. Right. 
the way that I'm kind of embracing it is it's it's sort of I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, it's sort of the Grover, right? My beard hair and my and the hair in my head are the same length, and so I'm I'm actually fuzzy like an animal, like a a dog, if you will, <laughs> or a muppet. Um, more than I mean, even though I'm not as hairy. But the whole reason that this is happening, you can see this on the on the uh, chat, is I I really am losing like more of my hair than I used to, right around this area, and so my long hair doesn't look the way that I think it should. Right. That's number one. Yeah. But then number two, it also gets in the way, like something crazy, uh, for a lot of activities. Um, I used to wake up when my hair was really long. I used to wake up because my hair would brush my face, and I'd like freak out. Um, I, uh, I I so, just yeah. shaved this morning. As a matter of fact, I had gone quite a while longer than I normally do um, without shaving. Yeah, for for those of you uh, that can't see in the chat, Ben has gone uh, full uh, pink from Pink Floyd the Wall. No eyebrows whatsoever. Uh, really short, slick <laughs> the back reason, hair. The reason I shaved this morning is because my mustache got to the point where the hairs were long enough to touch my front lip. Yeah. And I'm like, You're, it's time for you to go now. My, my, my head hair is getting long enough to the point where when I put earbuds in, it catches a little bit of hair. Yep. And so it's it's time for a haircut, but uh, there are yeah. there are stages when you're growing your beard because you know I've had a, a much longer beard. I think I don't think you've ever had as long of a beard as I. Oh, never. Had. Yeah, 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 no. Um, there are stages, right? So the first one is when it touched your lip, right? Yeah. Then you get used to it after a little while, and then it starts to get inside your mouth on the corners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it grows out where you can sort of pull it. And then when you eat apples, it gets in between your teeth. And then you can actually go past that stage as well until you cannot drink uh, anything liquid. You can't eat soup, whatever, without it getting in the hair on, on your must. Like it will, yeah. it will get in there and there's nothing you can do. And that was kind of the last straw for me uh, when I was like, you know what? I actually enjoy not having this happen to me. Yeah. And so I, I I realized that I had gotten to the point where I either needed to shave or trim, and I'm like I am not yeah. interested in maintaining facial hair. <laughs> it's it's yeah. time to go. So I'm I'm working it out so where I, I basically have a maintenance run every week. Yeah. Uh, like on Saturday or or Sunday, I go over the hair once, I go over the beard once, and then throughout the the week, I'll I'll use a little trimmer. I still, I still trim my beard. Uh, George Carlin taught me how to trim my beard. He has a, a thing in his act Personally. where he talks about the correct way to shave your face. And I, Come and here, kid, I I'm going to show you how to shave. I'm going to show you how to shave. Yay! Well, I don't remember the routine where he talked about that. But it might have been in his book. You know, he wrote a, a book and I had it. Um, I, he's written it, a, he's written a couple of books. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in that book. Um, he has a he has a list of of things uh, that he could do without, and one of them that still sticks with me, I think, is is a guy who can't stop smiling wearing a bow tie of human skin, something to that effect. It's just <laughs> he he was a really interesting guy. Um, 
I think Carlin, uh, also, we may have talked about this too, Carlin might be kind of a fan of the right if he were still alive and doing comedy today. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, this is this is something that, that Jennifer uh, brought up, is that we, George Carlin specifically, is someone that you couldn't predict what he would end up doing. You know, I like, I could see him... The, the thing about the water, right? Where he says, uh, how's the water here? Everybody's yeah. carrying around their own bottle of water. I can't... I could see Carlin doing an anti-mask thing, right? But I could also see him doing a mask thing where he's like, uh, you know, I'm old. You guys are going to kill me, you know, because you can't... It's a piece of, you know, yeah. the, 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 the earth plus plastic... Versus a place for my stuff. Like, you know, I think that if this makes sense, his methodology, we can predict. But which side he would flip on, I don't think we can. I don't think we know. These, uh, I, one thing to say, actually, I want to mention, so Drunk is with us. Say hello to Drunk. Hey, and Drunk. And he says those arrows are interesting. Those arrows are actually to tell the talent where to look. They're at the bottom of cameras. That's why the, we have arrows there. So that's, that's how you ah. know where the lens is. Um, that's, that's, of course, in the theater where he's uh, the where he's sitting. Not, not the talent me telling me where to look, because if I... If I were doing that, I'd be looking like this, which I think is incorrect. So, uh, or, I, Car Carlin's interesting. Did you watch that Judd Apatow documentary on George Carlin? No, but maybe I will. It's really, is it? Or am I, Or did Apatow do the Shandling? Actually, I think Apatow did the Shandling documentary, and Carlin's mm. documentary was different. But what I didn't realize was that Carlin, I mean, I knew that Carlin had like a tone shift somewhere in the middle of his career where he went for like... Um, you know, these uh, life is crazy to ah, life is crazy, and um, yeah. and uh, it was mostly because Rick Moranis did an impression of him on SCTV, kind of taking him down a notch. Um, because at that point, his comedy had gotten kind of stale, so Carlin was like, oh, I guess I gotta do something, and so his whole like embracing the counterculture sort of like antagonist to the uh status quo comedian uh sort of took hold but one of the reasons so he he is able to change his his comedy right so he might it were he alive today and still doing comedy i think he might have still been um he might have still been able to change like we said with most other comedians and not maybe be, uh, become like a darling of the right but Part of me wants to think that he would still be stuck in his ways that are very not cool today. Like, he famously would use the N-word in his routines, right? Yeah. And back in, like, late 90s, early 2000s, when he did that, people were like, all right, well, I mean, you got, I guess you kind of got a point. Um, but now I think I think he would be like, everybody yeah. would be like, no, you don't. I don't care what you're commenting on what context you use it, don't say that word. You know, he'd have a producer at HBO saying, we're not gonna, we're not gonna air that. And Carl would be like, then F you, I'm out. You know, I'll yeah, go play it, the clubs. It is, it is really interesting to think about also what, I mean, would he still have a, would he still have a platform? You know, like a large platform. Could he change the conversation? 
Like, you know, I, I, I think the closest thing, you know, with, like, for instance... Mm, okay, I'm just going to use as an example Ricky Gervais in, uh, in Great Britain, right? Yeah. When Ricky Gervais did all of his anti-trans stuff, um, Rowan Atkinson defended him, which was weird. But they're weird in Great Britain about this stuff, I've noticed. Like... Like, there are lots of people where you're like, really? Really? This is the yeah. hill you want to die on kind Their of thing? More so are than different. here, I think. Um, you know, it, here, normally, when somebody is, is like, vocally anti-trans, they're usually, you know, very, like, no one's surprised. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, but... When that guy who did Father Ted and the IT crowd, like, did that heel turn, it was like, wow, really? That's a little crazy. Because I liked your stuff, and now I don't know how to feel, uh, you know, about you. Like, am I sorry for you? Am I mad at you? You know, that sort of thing. I don't know what, what that situation is. You're not talking about Richard Ayoade, but the other guy. No, 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 not, not the, not the stars of it. Uh, uh, Graham Linden, Linda, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, but he was, he was like the showrunner of those oh, things. Oh, okay. Writer, producer kind of, kind of thing. And, uh, famously, well, famously for me, got into a big argument with Michael Kupperman, who, uh, who did Snake and Bacon, the uh, the comic, uh, about I do trans not know the words issues. you speak. Okay, yeah. But this anyway. guy was, but this guy, the the like the showrunner of the IT crowd. Two two people who I thought you know would see eye to eye on a lot of different yeah. things uh, blew up in in Twitter about that that issue. Yeah. Uh, of whether or not trans people should be allowed to be people. John Which, Cleese you know, also I'm, kinda, I'm in favor of personally. John Cleese also has um, uh, sparked some controversy on Twitter because he is very much uh, very vocal against um, uh, cancel culture in comedy and is like, you can't say anything anymore and it's terrible and comedy is getting ruined and people are like, you can still be funny, you know? Yeah. They're just, you know, society is kind of moving on past your sorts of senses of humor. I think I mentioned this before, but I still find Monty Python funny, for sure. Um, the <laughs> the more I age, the more I really appreciate Graham Chapman uh, and what he brought to the to the group. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, I was tell I was in. Uh, I was in Target and I was looking around at all the different models and things like that. And there was no, you know, for, for their displays and stuff. And there was no, you know, like white guy, like the Sears catalog white guy. And I was like, you know what? I said this to Jennifer, I could go the rest of my life without ever seeing a marketing photograph targeted at my demographic ever again. Right. Like, like because I just don't like being marketed to, so it doesn't really matter. Well, well, not not just that, but even like like if and I'm serious about this. If I if I 
if I watch a TV show and there's not a 50-year-old, you know, Gen X white dude in the cast, that'll be fine. That'll yeah. be fine for the rest of my life, and I will still enjoy watching stuff. In fact, I I don't know about you, but I find things much more interesting when they're about people who aren't me. You know? That kind of thing. So, I feel as though, hopefully, and I, I could be wrong, but maybe our generation will, you know, kind of embrace that and have it be um, less of a thing. We'll see. But I will say this also. Uh, I'm doing an audiobook, producing an audiobook. Uh, and when I say producing, I'm not producing, I'm executive producing. I'm giving Jennifer the money to do an audiobook of Mara and the Magicians. Ah. And it was one of these things of I've got a lot of different characters in it, but one of the main characters is a woman of color and it's like okay so here's the thing i'm not casting it like a film i'm doing the audiobook of it do i you know have a responsibility to not have jennifer do the audiobook of it and i realized no because if she wasn't going to be doing the audiobook of it i wouldn't be doing an audiobook of it right it's right. one of these situations where where she's she's a member of my household. I can collaborate with her here. I can explain things. And I know her. And I feel as though the fantasy that the character lives in, right, makes it and I'm saying all this very slow and I'm, I'm being methodical about it because I'm still, you know, like I might revisit this audio in, you know, five years and go, yeah, I was wrong. It's possible. But I, but I really do, you know, I, it really hinges on that thing of would I be, would I be making this into an audiobook if I did not know Jennifer and want her to do an audiobook of one of my books? Probably no. The other option was Love in a Time of Zombies, and that one, if you remember, is a disgusting romance novel. Uh, not something that I would want to pay her to read. It's an interesting. It's an interesting question. Um, and before I, I say that, I'll just say that uh, drunk commented, uh, Ben, if I somehow live to make it to the future, I'm gonna tell people you were Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't quite, uh, Drunk, I think you missed the conversation about how I just shaved. I don't quite have the beard that Spielberg has. But you got the, the glasses for sure. I got the glasses and the cameras. And, um, and his, and his, uh, his cameras and his, uh, his, of course, iconic and his yellow and black plaid shirt. <laughs> and his fingerless gloves. Um, yep. just cause it's cold in here. You know, for the next Spielberg. I, uh, uh, I I actually turn the heat off because it's so loud it disrupts the sound, but uh, I'll have to turn it right back on after <laughs> I, we start. I keep my heat on and don't care, and I, I apologize to our listeners. Well, our heat, our heat is super loud. You know what it, like, it, what it, you know yeah. what it sounds like. But when we stop, I'm going to turn it back on because there's a figure drawing class in here later on, which will have a nude model. And uh, 
It is a, hey, hey. There's, there's a cold snap here in the, well, basically everywhere, but also here in Seattle. And so it is quite cold here in the theater. But the question of, um, like, representation in audiobooks is one that I've, I haven't really heard before because it's, 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 that's, that's big in Hollywood where they want to have gay actors do gay roles, trans actors do trans roles. Um, of course, we've had, you know, we, have, we haven't had blackface in a while, which is great. But in terms of, like, audiobooks, I think I, I think what you might say is we haven't had blackface in a while, and it is great that we haven't had blackface in that a while. That we haven't had just in so a while. that just so that people can't just lift that I, audio out and. I doubt anybody would misconstrue what that meant. Anyway, yep. I've never I don't listen to audiobooks, so I don't know. Like if you have um, a white reader, I, I'm sure they change their voices to identify different characters. Yeah, so so that's so that's definitely. I mean, we talked about this. This is one of the first things we're not doing any sort of. Well, first of all, and not to get too big into Mar and the Magicians, but you know, um, the world of Long City, where Mar and the Magicians takes place, is a world populated by. Um, so it started out with um, you know mythical creatures and stuff, and then these French guys showed up. And then after that, this uh, train load of children showed up. And so, even though... And, and we're, we're now in, like, a couple of generations ha who have lived in th this area. So, while they have sort of American accents, they're not Americans, you know? And so, Mara, the main character, doesn't have an American accent. She grew up on a train with uh conductor shrike so the basic thing is that jennifer for her is doing kind of a neutral uh, her neutral her reader voice right right and this is the big thing doing her reader voice as the main character and then other characters are going to have um like you know different regionalisms and stuff like that but but the main thing is that yeah i i think and and if i'm wrong uh I don't want anyone to tell me because I will be uh, embarrassed for them, but I really think that a book reader who is not African American, oh gosh, I hope, would not try to put on what they think that accent should sound like in order to read their book. I mean, there are... If that makes I... sense. I'll say this at the outset, representation matters, and it's uh, yes. great that there are non-white characters as leads and non-white stories as primary stories, but I do know that I got into a big conversation on the, on the comic book podcast years ago because there was a, an issue of should non-white stories and non-white characters be written and drawn by white people? Do those count? The answer is no. And that is, uh, you know, me saying that what I did... So, so my novel's done, right? I wrote it. It exists. Um, and this is what I would say. If, if, the, if the story that I was telling was about 
the African American experience. And if that was the 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 main thrust of my story, uh, it would not be my place to write it, right? And I would yeah. I would even go so far as to say that me giving a character who did not grow up under those circumstances, you know, the 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 genetic makeup of an African American person was also not cool. Right? This was uh definitely do as I say, not as I do. I would say. I mean the big the big thing was at the time that at the time that I wrote it I I didn't want to have it be another young adult novel about see at the time that I at the time that I was writing this there were young adult novels that were being made into movies where they were casting people of color as main characters and people were complaining saying this character was white and they were always white why are you making them uh, an african american character yeah right and you know the 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 author said well i never you know intended one way or the other or the studio said you know this is what the source material was so at the time that i wrote it um i i said okay fine you know you guys are going to complain about how you thought that this was a white character and and so you're mad that this character was played by a person of color my my thought was okay i'm going to write a young adult novel in the in the genre of you know some of these things that are getting made into movies with people mad and i am going to make the character the main character a person of color so that you you know, again, you, the, the faceless people trolling other folks on the internet or complaining about it, uh, can't say that this character was always supposed to be white. That was my, that was my reasoning behind it. And, and after that, you know, the, and after, after the, the novel was done, you know, the whole thing about, uh, making sure that, that you have, um, you know, you're telling a story that's yours to tell. Um, having sensitivity readers, you know, to make sure that you don't put anything in there that would be triggering to uh, a demographic or a group. All that sort of stuff. Um, I was introduced to that thing way after, that sort of stuff, way after I had written the novel. So the the big thing is that when the audiobook is being done, you know, that's something that we're going to be sensitive towards. But I feel like... And I, I don't know any other way to say it other than... Um, if someone wants to take me to task and say that I was wrong to write this... And have the main character uh, be... A person of color who grew up in a, in a place where they were you know, cut off from their, like, heritage and became something that wasn't, you know, uh, true to that group 
I would say that I think that they are correct. I would not defend myself against that choice that I made, but and and I'll you know I'll say that this here, at the time that I did it, and you know I that that's still a part of me. That was kind of a way for me to explore my own adoption experience and then meeting my parents and having them be people that I didn't, you know, expect. So that was kind of, that was kind of the, the genesis of it. And, you know, I, I would say someone could argue and say, well, you know, my skin color and my, my experience of being, you know, a person of color growing up, uh, does not equate to, and doesn't, you know, should not be used as a metaphor for your adoption experience. And I would say again, yes, you are absolutely correct. Um, but I still like the novel. I still wrote it and enjoy the concepts and characters and everything like that. And I feel as though, again, if I, if I had set out to write a novel about what it was like growing up as an African American in the United States in the 1800s, uh, that would not be my story to tell, but that's also not the story I'm telling. So it's, this is high fantasy takes place in a different world. Um, and again, I, every time that I say it, I think of what the argument would be against it. Well, that's kind of a, a cop-out, why did you, you know, why did you still do it? Uh, and by do it mean, you know, have your main character be uh, a young black girl. Why did you do that instead of an elf or whatever? <clears throat> and it's because, you know, she's still human. She's not a fantasy character she is a she is a person um who again i i was using as a version of myself that may have been incorrect and i've been going on, on about this for a while uh and i realize that i'm getting into that thing where i just spin out of control <laughs> so so you know and the thing is that um, here's, here's my thought on it. Yeah. I don't, I, you're right in, in that the stories, the cultural stories of non-white people shouldn't be written by white people. I think we can agree on that yeah. as a baseline. I don't think it should be out of the realm of imagination for uh, a white author to write a non-white character that just seems absurd right because if you're and, writing and a the, story you want to have diversity in it right and the the way that i would and again i i i fully i would i would not argue that i am right to someone telling me i'm wrong if that makes sense um i think there's i think there's room for nuance in that and that if i had it to do over again i wouldn't necessarily have made the same choices right but i still i still you know i still like again i still like what i wrote and and so what i'm about to say 
again, is it defensible? Maybe not, but this is this is kind of my my way of thinking about it. After I had written the book and the whole um, thing about should should a person of color be able to play a character in Dungeons and Dragons who is uh, an African American analog? Not 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 a drow, not a not an elf that has pitch black skin, not a not an orc who is, you know, uh from you know in the in the mind of the person uh a a separate culture from humans, but like a an actual black person. Should they be able to do that? And the the answer that came out of that is as a player you shouldn't right because it goes to that whole thing of of your you're doing the story of someone you're you're approximating you're guessing as to what that person's story might be like um and you're going to be doing a bad caricature if you're not part of the culture that's that's that idea but aside from that or or or, or another facet of that is that for dungeon masters, people who are running a D&D game, you do want that diversity. And so they, they, they being dungeon masters, have a responsibility to include diverse characters, especially at a, at a table where there isn't re- that much representation. But in doing that, then they have a responsibility to the people uh, to do their research and, and be as respectful as possible. Yeah. And, and, and because of that side of things, looking when I, when I read that, looking back on the novel, I think I did a good enough job of making Mara someone who, the reader would care about and someone who reacted like a person. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that happens. There's an interesting concept that I learned uh, a number of years ago that would not have even crossed my mind were I not educated on it. And it kind of goes, it goes like in parallel with a, a white person writing a non-white character, um, like from a cultural perspective, not just like as a, you know, this person just happens to be black, you know. Um, yep. and, and also like a white person playing a person of color in a role-playing game. And that's the concept of virtual blackface. And that is, say, if you're yep. on a Slack channel and you react with you know an emoji and a you're a white person and the emoji you react with is like a black woman with big hair that is now completely wrong regardless of the context with which you did it yeah not only that but uh gifs uh lots of times are are used in sort of the same way yeah like Like, reaction gifs you know reaction gifs and stuff like that yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, the the 
the thing that people keep saying, and you know, the <laughs> it's often said in frustration or well, I guess I just can't do anything anymore. And the and the answer to that—that's what a hats and suspenders is, guy would say. That's what a hats and suspenders guy would say. But also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe don't do as much. Which is an interesting. Um, again, I mean, I, it's it's an interesting little conundrum because the so obviously as a white person, I can't put a smiley face emoji on a slack channel that is um a non-white person however the standard color is yellow and so now yellow is like a terrible color uh, for another um a terrible representative color uh for another uh culture and so is that at some point are the yellow happy faces now going to be virtual i don't know what you would call it even well also, um, it's it's I, if it it is called yellow face. It is a thing. Yeah, for, that yeah. Um, you know is a. But here's the other thing, and I think you would agree with me on this. People who go out of their way to pick the white flesh color for their thumbs up also look a little weird. It's also a little bit like, huh? I wonder why that was so important. Yeah. It's also uh, I, I, interestingly I, enough. I had an internet My, issue here, so our delay is a little terrible right now. But I, I do yeah. have, um, I am on a Discord, and there is one person on one specific channel that picks the flesh color thumbs up emoji. But every once in a yeah. while, it looks a little darker than it should, and I have no idea if I need to like call that out or if it's just like our monitors are calibrated differently. Okay, so this is this is a a thing that I will say for sure. My brother, for his thumbs up, his thumbs up are always the darkest skin color, and I, I, I had a conversation uh, with someone about it. It wasn't you, I don't think. It might have been you, but I think it was uh, another friend of mine. That that was a Seinfeld conversation like like i was getting seinfeld flashbacks of do you think he knows do you think should i tell him because i don't i don't know if he knows and i i right. would feel weird saying something about it so yeah um but the the basic the basic thing i would say um you know just to just to wrap the whole thing up is um i again i greatly enjoy my my novel I want to hear Jennifer read it. That's the that's a big thing. And I'm not going to be doing a huge marketing campaign for it or anything uh, to that effect. Uh, it is, you know, it's available. I don't know if you've read it, but it's it's pretty good, I think. I have not read it. Um, and and if something, you know, here's the thing the 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 worst case scenario, of course, is that someone reads it and and becomes offended and they don't. They don't like it, and they get mad. Um, actually, the worst worst case scenario is uh, people don't read it, but find out about, uh, you know, that aspect of it, and complain about it without reading it. That would be the worst thing. Oh, that um, would never obviously. happen. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, the best case scenario would be, yeah, somebody reads it, they really like it, and they, they want to make a movie about it. And, and then the casting thing happens, and people get mad... Uh, and, and I get to, I get to say, uh, you know, well, no, that's exactly, uh, you know, I always thought Mara was a white person. Well, well, no. And if you didn't read the book because it, it, it mentions that. Or they cast Tilda Swinton as Mara. Oh, have we talked about that already? The Tilda Swinton thing? We've talked a lot about that in the past. Oh, I think, yeah, the, the, the the ideas that filmmakers uh there was a list i don't know if i read it on on this podcast but there 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 were filmmakers who when the studios say we have to cut this thing because it won't do well in china if we have it yeah. you know the, and for those listening who didn't know this already because you didn't listen to the other podcast where we were talking about it um what have you been the, doing with your year the screenwriter i believe it was the screenwriter gave an interview where where he mentioned that it was mostly because you have this character who's supposed to be from Tibet, but China is very, um, uh, what would we say, um, sensitive whenever Tibet is mentioned because uh, for them, Tibet is China and not Tibet, and it should not be considered its own thing. I believe um, Brad Pitt is still not allowed to show his movies or even go to China because of the movie Seven Years in Tibet. Aha. Uh -huh. Interesting. And you know who else isn't allowed in China? Why Edward. it's Edward, the Chewigal. Yeah, I or believe the, that he would Or um, as I like to call him the Biwawa. <laughs> I believe I believe that uh, that he would have to be quarantined. Uh, I believe Does he have any international flu? travel of a of an animal they have to be quarantined. And that's something I just I just imagine him sad alone in a crate going I guess they don't love me anymore. That's 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 how I can feel sad. Is why I think about Edward being sad. <laughs> so if you ever sure. needed to cry on camera, that's just that's that's where you go. Yeah. Um so hey, speaking about crying on camera, uh is there any uh <laughs> Any interaction with our with our fans at nope. all, Ben? I think drunk bounced. Um, nothing from Steven. Okay. So, um, I will say that I don't think I've cried during our podcast once. I don't believe sure. you have either. Um, and I, I was talking to, to Jennifer about how when I was a kid, I would cry at least once a day. And and how I would get so upset and I and and I couldn't stop myself from crying. And she she rightly went, Well, you were having meltdowns. And I'm like, yeah. right. That's right. And there was something that would happen to me, and I thought about it because it might have happened to you as well. I don't know. When you were a kid and you got upset and you cried, did you get red blotches? On your face, like not not just red face, but actual, like what looked like measles, maybe. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't think so. I, but it's possible. Because I, don't I know. thought I, maybe it was a. I, a skin I tried tone not thing. looking into a mirror. When, you know, oh yeah. When I was crying. Um, I that you just uh, 
just pointed out something that I didn't really think about, but I would look at myself when I was crying. <laughs> uh, you vain. And be really, and be really, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I told you about that when I was at University, University of Missouri, Columbia. I was asked to leave the the gym because I kept looking at myself in the mirror <laughs> while I was lifting my weights uh, a little bit too intensely. Who's looking huge, man? Who's looking huge? Yeah, exactly. Hey, speaking about looking huge, by the way, I think I mentioned this before, but I'm 15 stone. Did you ever find out how much, how many stone you were? No, but I can look it up. Yeah. 15 stone, 210 pounds, Ben. That is what I weigh at this time. I, and I gotta say... Uh, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, me, um, fully naked... Um, because I do have a scale in my uh, bathroom, and every yeah. once in a while I weigh myself. I hover between like 152 and 155. So I'm going to say hey. 155. That's 11.07 stone. Yeah, so there we go. I'm, uh, I, I, you know, I, I fluctuate. I can, I can lose weight if I want to. But the more I've been thinking about it, now here's the, the only reason why I really would want to is, uh, uh, I, I sometimes have trouble breathing when I'm asleep. But That's other than that, yeah, other than that, I feel really okay with my weight. I never have been up until the past, you know, whatever. But I, I feel like I move okay, right? My knee, my knee used to hurt a lot. It doesn't hurt right now anymore. Um, and when I change my diet. I don't think as well. Like, I find it harder to, uh, to come up with words and things like that. I sometimes, you know, still have problems now, but it's even worse when I'm reducing my calorie intake. So... You need that energy. I mean, yeah. calories are energy. Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm, I, I am now uh, 60 more pounds than you, Ben. And I think if we were to be performing, we could use that to our advantage. I, if, if you remember, uh, the plan was for me to get the same weight as you, and that way we could switch. Because right. we're—I think we're around the same height. I'm five nine. How how much? Yeah, I—I'm I, probably I, I used to be five ten, but I'm I'm I think I'm I think I'm shrinking. Yeah, Jennifer is uh, now four eleven. I think. Yeah, I she I, used to I be want. Five feet. I wanted to uh, I wanted to not believe that, but the last, last time I went to the doctor, I was like, yep, yeah, I lost an inch. And I was even standing yeah. up straight. So so it is a possibility for us to to do that, right? To yeah. be the same. But if I weigh more than you, there's a better chance of me being able to, like, support you if you wanted to, like, <laughs> you know, hang off of something and I'm holding you uh, up by, like, a rope or something. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Get a rope. We'd figure it out. Hey, speaking of figuring it out, uh, we've made it through another podcast. And let me let me just say, Ben, uh, 365 episodes. I am happy, as always, to be talking to you. It's <laughs> great that that we've been able to maintain this, this connection, even though I live so far away. We've... Uh, uh, yeah, totally. I I uh, I hear what you're saying, and I was just gonna say that we 
should, um, it's early in the year now, it's only February, we should create a thing called the Goody Lawrence Challenge for in 2024, we, we, um, we see if people can listen to a show a day. Yes. Um, now, granted, it's, it's tough because no one listens to the show now, <laughs> so... That's why it would it's be a challenge be for them to yeah exactly. <laughs> so if you if you how many how many down are people still downloading? Are there still people who have us in their podcast? Yeah, I mean if if archive.org is to be believed, which is where the show is served from, it gets about 20 to 30 downloads a week. So maybe someone is listening, and hey, if you are listening, why not go back to episode one and listen to a show a day? And the see only if you can episode do it. one, the only show when Paul and I were in the same room. Hey, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and then but somebody true, had to go came, and move. When you came to visit me, we didn't record the podcast. We didn't record um, a podcast. We recorded a video, but not a podcast. Yes. Was the video that we recorded a Doctor Who video? No, it was at the um, it was at the uh, 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 city museum. Ah, uh, I did the the Doctor Who uh, video remotely. Yes. Then. Ah, uh-huh, yes. Uh, okay, American then. Doctor Who Part Three. Uh, yes. And as yeah. always, stay after the show, Ben, uh, for more <laughs> discussion about things. More life updates that are not podcast worthy. Indeed. And I will talk to all of you next week when I talk to Ben next week. And Ben. Paul. Until then, please keep it wrong. Oh, thanks, Paul. Keep it wrong. And I'll talk to you next week. And we're out. And we're clear. Oh, I didn't stop it. <laughs>